up everyone we did it episode 10 and episode 10 sponsored by agave tequila i was waiting to open this bottle for this because i wasn't sure if i was gonna make it to 10 episodes you know an hour a piece each brings me to like 10 hours plus just out there for the public which is you know it's kind of scary on the one hand you know people can just twist what you say and I say some relatively twistable things, uh, Snapple top, <laughs> like a twistable Snapple top, the shit that just flies out of my mouth. That's crazy, it's crazy to think about. Um, you know, research shows that it takes anywhere between 45 to 60 days of s s doing something for it to become a hobby. So I was doing these like once every week, once every 10 days I think on average. So we're like two months or something, like way more than two months. So hopefully this has become a hobby. I can keep putting out one a week. Um, the next place I move into, um, I've already staged the living room in a way where it's just, I don't really need a living room, um, but I want definitely have a podcast and have a, you know, people come over and we can talk uh, deployments or real estate or travel or whatever just be silly and maybe talk shit and put it out there so we'll see what happens um I'm, re I'm reading a book i've read before it's called the one thing and uh you know people in the real estate everybody knows this book in the real estate world um the author argues that you can't really choose success right it's not really like you cannot just decide you me everyone whoever uh, we cannot just make a conscious decision and choose to be successful, right? Because um, we want to be the best at our job, right? We want to ensure we provide for the people we need to provide for. Uh, we need to ensure that as each year goes by, we get better and better. We don't want to be stagnant, right? Year after year, nobody wants to do that. You want to make, I don't know, X amount of money this year. You want to make a little more the next year you want to have x amount of goals completed one year and you want to further that right you want to in business you want to be up and to the right right you want to make more or be better or um you don't want to be stagnant right if you were just a flat line throughout your career then nobody wants who wants that so you need to get better every year um that seems like a decision everyone would want to make uh, however why is that not the case? And if you could just choose success, um, everybody would be successful, but that choice seems to be impossible to make, right? Because if you could just like, you, you make, your brain makes a decision, I'm going to drink this water, or I'm gonna open a bottle of tequila. You can just decide, right? But you can't just decide success. Like you can't just decide, I wanna be up and to the right every year. That's not, um, uh, plausible de decision that you can make 
So this book argues the how, right? How do you get success, right? You have to you have to look at the things that uh, actually create the success. You got to make the decisions that has a byproduct of success or goals or whatever your thing is. You want to be um, a better brother, a better husband, a better boyfriend or whatever thing you want to get better at year after year. And the obvious example is um, kind of more of a short-term goal than year after year. is like you want to lose 10 pounds, right? You make a thought. Uh, you make a thought decision to lose the 10 pounds. Doesn't mean you're going to lose it right then and there, right? You got to choose the rigorous exercises. You got to have a different style of eating and so on and so forth. So you have to make the decisions to act out the how to get the what, right? So the what is to get lose the 10 pounds the how is you got you're actually making the the decisions for the how so this guy argues for habit you choose your habits right you choose the gym you choose the exercise you choose to buy another property you choose whatever you choose and choosing those habits will get you up and to the right so um this book kind of reminds me uh, about that and it brought me back to a poem, right? Because you deserve more, right? I deserve more. Uh, America is the kind of country where you can make these types of decisions to like really better yourself. It's, uh, uh, you know, I've been all over the world. A bunch of my friends have been all over the world. And you, you don't get the kind of opportunities that America provides um, because certain ideologies or certain economic status will 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 keep will keep you down um and and i'm sure you can do it in other countries as well but america seems to be one of the best countries where the rags to riches story occurs more often than not right um first thing that comes to mind is that movie from will smith um the pursuit of happiness that's one of the um a-list movies I can think of that immediately comes to mind, right? So my message is basically, uh, you want that college degree, go fucking get it. You want to get a promotion at your job, you know, go outwork everyone else. You want to be an expert at something, uh, immerse yourself and be the most valuable person when it comes to that something. Um, have others come to you for advice when it comes to those things and you can create value. So I want to jump into this poem. It's by uh, Jesse B. Rittenhouse. And it goes, I bargained with life for a penny and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store. For life is just employer. He gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, why you must bear the task. I worked for a Manio's hire, only to learn dismayed that any wage I had asked of life, life would have willingly paid. Uh, so yeah, I read that poem multiple times. I had a buddy read it, he had to reread it and reread it. So basically, you determine your wage, right? You determine your worth. You have a job, good. You have extra time, good. Get a side hustle, um, I don't know, pick up another language read a book, read a ton of books, develop a new skill, um, 
um, maybe you have an excellent hobby and you can monetize that hobby somehow learn a trade take up some college and you know so on and so forth so um, I really wanted to push that narrative for episode number 10 and uh, I don't know what the next big goal is 50 getting to 50 god I can't even imagine getting to 50 or a hundred, or like, you know, some, how the motherfuckers get to a thousand episodes, like, Jesus. Uh, some people have more time, or better time management than others. Um, I would think I got pretty good time management, but, you know, it could go up and to the right as well. I could get better at anything and everything, so. I want to get into, this song, uh, I saved specifically for this episode. I wanted to play it, you know, a long time uh, a long time ago. It's a powerful song. Top three song of mine for way more than 10 years or so. I used to listen to it every day when I was in Japan on the way to jujitsu. Uh, it would be the first thing I'd played. It was like, for some reason or another, got me in the zone. Because, uh, you know, we'd go to war. You know, I'd wake up early, we'd go to jujitsu. Uh, I was like one of the few people that spoke English in this class. Everybody spoke Japanese and I had to kind of like tag along. And they were really, really good jujitsu practitioners there. So... I would get smashed all day and then have to go to work for, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours and then, you know, run it back the next day. So this song stayed with me throughout my Japan just about every day trip. And uh, this song is called Silence. Um, It's by Sarah McLachlan. And um, I have a rule whenever this song comes on in my shuffle in my car or whenever just around the house. uh, I'm not allowed to skip it. So... Uh, one of few songs and I don't allow to skip so enjoy
song just ends with a sounds like a D on a piano. Um, it's a fucking great song. <laughs> Hopefully you liked it. I enjoy that song a lot. I've had a few people try to dissect that song, and the meaning uh, is really up for debate. Um, people think it's about drugs. It's about depression. It's about suicide, and so on and so forth. I've read I don't know countless amounts of interpretations to that song, and it seems to boil down, you know, just to about those two narratives of drugs or death or some kind of depression suicide situation. Um, you know that she needs help to some degree from a friend or God or heaven or whatever. And the other is that she wants to end her life, right? That's kind of a dark song. Uh, You probably got, like, darkness out of that. And some of the lines are, uh, Give me release. Witness me. I am outside. Give me peace. So like a a longing for attention. Uh, Witness me. I am outside, right? You feel like you're socially outside of the circle. You want peace. I can't help this longing. Comfort me, I can't hold it all in if you won't let me. She feels trapped in this white wave. I am sinking in this silence. Uh, In this silence, I believe. So there's like a white wave. People interpret like the white wave as the white light. Or if you pass out, like, you know, when heroin, they sit, heroin users, they sit on the bus stop and they do that lean. Um, So yeah, she goes on to say, you are breathing in this white wave, I am free, heaven holds a sense of wonder, and I wanted to believe that I get caught up when the rage in me subsides. So, you can clearly interpret that song as, you know, suicide, drugs, death, whatever. But to me, I kind of convert this song to to motivation. Um, And I... Let's say you're down and out and you have nothing to lose. You're at the bottom of a pit and you feel hopeless, right? And you're just angry and, you know, people beep a horn at you on the road and you just, like, absolutely explode. Um, you're at your wit's end, um, let's call it. I would argue, and it's easier said than done, of course, if you can somehow harness that rage, you know, Isara talked about the rage in the song, uh, harness that rage and like convert the energy and and turn it into motivation of some sort like pick yourself back up and get back to the drawing board right the most sold story in america is the comeback story right everybody loves that that seems to be the the most sold story in the world um jesus you think of Jesus. Jesus died and he came back, right? And he's like the most popular person ever. Um, who else comes to mind? Elon Musk. Elon Musk was on the verge of bankruptcy. He had to throw all his money um, into the corporations off of his belief, right? He, he felt like he was down and out. SpaceX wasn't really happening the way he wanted to. And he just, you know, just picked himself back up. You know, worked whatever he was doing, 18 hours a day. Um, what else comes to mind? Conor McGregor, right? Conor McGregor loses to Nate Diaz, and he comes back to beat uh, Nate Diaz, and now he is way larger than life. Um, we love Robert Downey Jr. He was down and out from drugs. People told him he would never have a career, and look at him now. He's the fucking poster boy for Marvel. 
right? They accredit him for bringing Marvel back. What else? Magic Johnson, you know, he retired after having HIV. He started coaching and then he came back to play. I don't know how long he came back to play. Uh, Muhammad Ali couldn't fight for three and a half years, four years, something like that. And he made a hell of a comeback, right? He lost to Frazier, then he beat him in the rematch, and then he beat George Foreman. Um, Lance Armstrong, right? Cancer. And they told him that he has a possibility of, of dying, right? And then he became a global icon after that. So the comeback story seems to be the most sold story in the whole world. So you're down and out, right? I've been there. I've, I remember sleeping in my car. I remember fucking standing in that unemployment line. I remember all that shit. I remember being in the worst, like worst, debatably worst. People didn't want to live on the west side of the island because traffic is absolutely shit. Um, I was living in 360 square feet for fucking, I don't know, years, you know, trying to put my life back together. So I feel like a comeback story and I, I offer to you if you're down and out that you can decide you can build certain habits you can make the choices of habits because you know we just talked about you can't choose success but you can choose up and to the right via the habits uh, you choose to have so choose the right habits and build your comeback story so uh, that's what I really wanted to pitch for Episode number one zero, Jew, right? Jew is 10 in Japanese. Okay, so 20 minute fucking introduction. These introductions seems to be going longer and longer, but that's what she said. <laughs> uh, I want to welcome Shanghai to the party. Uh, I go through my analytics every week just to see what's happening on my website. You know, what are people checking out? Uh, people are hitting my blog up even though I've only got two posts. I should blog more, but this is much more fun. And uh, um, kind of feel like Alan Watts, you know, I get to drink and then speak into a microphone. Uh, but he spoke publicly to people, so, you know, that'd be pretty awesome. I don't know if anybody would show up. Five people would show up, that'd be awesome. Just, you know, I would have everybody drinking as well. So, ten shots and let's go you know I'd reserve the hotel and we just party all night uh, anyway Shanghai welcome to the party uh, I see you on my map haven't been there not sure if I'll ever go um, Chinese girls are cute um, that's pretty good uh, I have so much more to rant about uh, and I want to start ranting I want to like I want to get really good at ranting if I can just stay on topic and just really absolutely crush destroy one topic that's that would that seems to be an interesting skill to have so i wanted to share some updates with my life but this ran a little long and i'll jump right into the questions here so question number one from grade a smarts so hoping for a good question i'm not good at talking to people about what's bothering me it's probably a dude um most dudes aren't comfortable talking uh, to people about what's bothering them kind of a male thing and because of this this will be the only time I've let any of this out so bear with me it could be a long one 
I think I've always been socially inadequate. My mind always wanders to far out places, even as a small child. My idea of fun was always through my imagination. I would save a damsel in distress one day and rob a bank, only to successfully evade the police the next. I also asked a lot of questions. When all the other kids were talking on the day's events, I was wondering why the shadows of a movie ceiling fan was always slower than the fan. What? Or ADD? How old is this guy? Not so smart anymore, grade A smarts. Um, why my bedtime was at 9 instead of 8 or 10. I made fun of a lot because of my sensitivity. I let every emotion I had go and I was very emotional then. When I was 8, I decided to grow up, in quotes a bit and forgot all about the emotional stuff i just kept it to myself which gave me more reason to just stick inside my own head okay so you became um uh you 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 kind of built an escapism mechanism here um you 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 were doing social research right you were trying to be yourself and and you were testing society reactions based on the way you acted and you weren't satisfied with the way society acted so now you keep to yourself right it's it's a you whenever you act out yourself you're essentially doing social studies because you get a reaction from either people you know or don't know so maybe you're just hanging around the wrong people right you you want to hang around the type of people that you make laugh and they make you laugh and uh, you guys have common interests, let's say, or um, you guys just get each other, right? That's the kind of people you wanna be around. Um, so whenever you go around and do your social research by acting uh, the things you wanna say and the things you wanna act out, um, make sure that the reaction you get um, from your people that you uh, are most close with uh, don't shock you and force you to um, hide or uh, cave in or escape because you'll never be yourself. You're just going to be depressed and uh, hang around with people that you think are friends. So, uh, All right, so you see a fucking question. Around people, I would just put a big old fake smile. See, called it, and I'd laugh at any joke. Call that too. See, I didn't read into this yet. People flocked to me because they figured I was a pretty, pretty positive dude. I also started to analyze things more to come up with my own conclusions. So I even started to not ask questions. Okay, that's not good. Uh, you want to let your curiosity guide you. You want to ask the questions. You want to. If you don't ask the questions, you will never find your interests because people will give you an answer and you'll be like, oh, that's kind of cool, I want to learn more about that. Or, ah, fuck that, this fucking dumb, stupid answer. I don't like that answer. This went on for a while until I came out of my shell in high school, only to go right back into it when I was 18 after a gruesome breakup. I was going to say, probably because of a girl. I tried to do a traveling thing for a few years. Every six months, I would get very depressed. Why six months? What's happening between here? So I would just quit whatever job I had, say bye to new friends, pick up my trusty backpack, and just take off to some new random place for a few months. I guess I thought that I'd find myself or something. I had a great time, met some very interesting people, but I never did find myself. Okay, I need to know where you went. Uh, what kind of, like, how did you vacation, right? You're trying to find, like, how you vacation is super fucking important. Like, people don't understand how to vacation. Um, 
and I'm gonna get through your question instead of like I could break that down but now I've been back in my home state working and living in a house with an old childhood buddy for eight months now that sounds positive I'm trying to go against any urge to travel for a while I need to get some things in my life in order okay so are you financially well off here traveling all around you're fucking living with your friend I don't know what state you're in um but I would assume that you got money. That's good. That's you, Dave. If you have money, you eliminate a ton of stress from your life. Like a fuck ton of stress. Money's not the key to happiness, but it helps a fuck ton. So if you have that, then like good on you, mate. Uh, where am I? He's depressed again. Of course, his best friend of 13 years couldn't possibly know, so he hides his depression. He doesn't talk about it. He thinks I'm still just a quiet, zen, and positive dude. Truth is, I'm lonely. Lonely. Okay, that's good. Good word, because lonely is very different than alone. Um, so, I like that he used that word. Alone is a physical attribute. Lonely is an emotional characteristic. I haven't been with a woman since the breakup seven years ago you're traveling and you haven't been with a girl seven oh dude all right you need to learn how to travel i'm not an ugly dude i've had my chances i suppose i'm just worse than i've ever been at talking to people i feel like i'm lost in some dark place within myself and what sucks is it seems way more comfortable than anything else i don't even know how to talk to a girl anymore let alone flirt I'm no good at showing emotion. Hell, my mom told me she loved me the other day and that was very awkward. My family is not very affectionate and are terrible communicators. Blah. I don't know what kind of advice I'm even asking. Yeah, it's not even a question, you fucking crazy person. Oh man, where do I start with this kid? Gotta be a kid. 18 years old. There's tons of typos in here. Um, I had to... jump around listen man you're gonna be fine i'm gonna guess you're 24 i'm just guessing here you had a girl in high school no girl for seven years um you dwell on your past a lot uh yeah i'm gonna guess you're not 30 i think that's a safe assumption you're lonely um blah 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 so I don't know what to say to this guy. Um, you just, you just gotta. It seems to me your question is going to be, how do I talk to people? How do I open up more? And, and you just gotta, you gotta do your social research. You gotta, just test the waters. Go to a stranger and just, and just, just take a shot. Just hi. My name is Grade A Smart, and I write online to people that do podcasts in Hawaii. And uh, you'll be surprised if if you are upfront with the women, they really dig that. And uh, this, and and I think, I think we were sold, maybe via Hollywood or something, that we have to. We have to like beat around the bush and ask a friend of a friend to get involved and go on a double date and all of this like um, subliminal messages and I think he likes me and what does he mean by that and all this stuff. 
you will be surprised if you are up like very forward with a girl like hi my name is great ace i'm gonna call you john hi my name is john um i don't normally talk to girls i feel like i'm socially awkward but i wanted to try uh can i have your name um can i buy you a drink uh and and she probably will give you a shot she'll be like oh, okay this guy's kind of weird but he has some courage he's gonna come up and talk to me yeah i'll give him a shot and if you're not absolutely weird uh, she she might entertain you. You might not get her number. You might not get a hug. You might not get a kiss. But you're on step one. Step two might be okay. Maybe you can turn a small light conversation into a little more meaningful conversation. Then maybe you can go deeper into the conversation. So there's two types of conversations that you can have, right? You can have like a deep conversation or like a wide conversation, right? Friends usually have wide conversations. They don't really have deep conversations. So if you build up small talk, right, and you slowly gain some confidence and you can have like a wider conversation, you can jump topics, you can go back and forth, you can have like a callback to something you guys talked about earlier, right? We have like a really wide conversation. And maybe you can dig deeper and get, go into a deep conversation with her and get really personal and then maybe you can start having some kind of playful flirting in there uh, you just gotta build up you, you're trying to go to uh, stage five when you need to go to like stage point zero three right hi i'm john how are you what is your name what do you do for a living you know where are you from talk about your traveling there is no way that you don't have shit to talk about if you travel a lot. There's just absolutely no way. So go to stage point zero three, go to stage point zero five, go to stage point zero eight, then you're gonna build up to stage one and then stage two. Yeah, so you're trying to fucking hit a home run. Let's 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 go ahead and swing the bat first. Even if we miss, let's just you can't get that home run without swinging the bat. So go ahead and swing that bat and you're gonna strike. You might strike. You might strike 10 times, but there's a mathematical formula to be had here. You talk to X amount of girls before one gives you the time of day, right? And whatever X is, just solve for X. Okay, I have to talk to 25 girls before I get a phone number, right? So you just, your number is 25. I'm going to talk to 25 girls and get one. So if I if I want four phone numbers, I talk to a hundred girls, right? And maybe you work on your ratio. Maybe you get it down to every fifteen girls, I get a number. Then you get it down to every five girls I talk to, I can get a number, right? And then you just build from there. So yeah, doesn't have to be a number. It could be an email. It could be a Skype. And then you guys keep in contact. I got tons of friends like all over the world that I you know we shoot messages back and forth. So uh get swing the goddamn bat you're gonna strike and just keep swinging and you're gonna hit the ball it might not go far but you hit that motherfucking ball swing that goddamn bat next question from adrian i thought it would be interesting to see what people wished they had done or done better in their life if you have a few words to share on this subject i think it would give people something to think about so that they can try to avoid the same fate what is your biggest regret man 
Regret's a tricky thing because if you're satisfied with the way your life is today, uh, regret is weird because all the decisions you made in your past make the person you are today. So if you had changed anything in the past, you would be different in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, I would do this and this and this and that and this and that differently in my past, but you wouldn't be the same because you had made those decisions. You go back in time, you make those decisions, you come back, and you're not the same person. Because decisions are snowballs, right? You don't just make a decision. A decision gets snowballed into bigger uh, uh, bigger snowballs over time, right? Uh, so, for me personally, um, if I had to answer this question, because I don't really want to answer this question, um, because it's just a loaded question, I would say... Uh, I wish I put more effort into um, keeping my marriage together. Maybe that's one I should have really uh, put more. Like, I was so quick to quit. Um, so, uh, I was young, you know, as, you know, you, you fucking people are young and dumb. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm no different. And I said, you know, this is fucking impossible. And I don't think it was impossible. I think it was just very complex and I didn't I didn't have the wherewithal to comprehend what was happening it was just a lot and I said get the fuck out of here like and I bolted right fucking and got out of there so yeah maybe that's the one thing I would do differently I would have maybe I'd, I'd still be married today um and things would be different but I, I I'm super stoked the way things turned out, and um, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't change anything because I I'm glad I went through that experience. Um, yeah, so maybe that's the one thing I would fix if I had to, but if I if I don't have to, I wouldn't. From Big Fifty. Here is my story. Married happily, yay! I thought so for twenty five years. Twenty five years. Long ass time, man. Last year, wife says she's thinking about leaving. <laughs> I didn't set these questions up in, uh, in order. Gives me a number of reasons, but mostly she says it's because she needs a change in life. Her job has been sucking for a couple of years. I was gobsmacked. I don't know that term. Gobsmacked? G-O-B smacked. I was gobsmacked. I vowed to be more attentive have made several changes in my life. A few weeks later, she said she would not leave. We went to counseling and it was an okay experience. But this whole incident brought up insecurities I didn't know I could have. What the fuck happened? Um, I'm gonna guess she cheated here. Okay, I'm guessing. Um, for me, it was as if a light went off and I realized, holy shit, I almost blew the best thing in my life, but there's a part of me longing to hear the same thing from her. I am more affectionate, but there are times when I think why she won't come up behind and give me a hug. Why does she only say I love you when I say it? Or maybe I'm making too big a deal about it. I think about other couples and I don't see them being overly affectionate all the time. And maybe she wasn't like that to begin with. You know, it's funny, I think of uh, Bill Burr's bit about marriages and about weddings, right? 
and and it's um, I would think I'll link it on the website just because it uh, came to my mind. But Bill Burr is saying, uh, if you're gonna invite me to your goddamn wedding, make sure it's on a Saturday, right? Because if you make a wedding, people make a wedding on a Thursday or Friday because it's cheaper. Like he's got to go fly out to your wedding, and he's wasting a lot of days, and like. He's sick of people's speeches like you are like the wind beneath my wings, and I will forever be the sun to your ocean, or whatever the fuck people say, right? And he was saying like people that are uh, married for twenty five years, like you, or longer, or have been in a long term relationship, are just like oh fucking geez, like shut the fuck up, like Jesus Christ. You know, you guys are going to be at each other th- at each other's throat in six months. So this whole like wind beneath the wings thing and we will be forever and like you are the molecules to my DNA or whatever the fuck people say. He makes an argument that it's silly utilizing the perspective of married folk listening to the speech. So. It's beautiful and irritating, depending on the lens you're wearing. Uh, back to this guy. Or maybe I just need to give this time. In any case, I find I spend a whole lot of time just thinking about how she might be feeling. Wish I could just let it be. I think sometimes she just wants me to accept all. If it helps, other things seem fine. Sex is good. We don't fight. I wish I could just relax and enjoy that things are not that bad now. But I keep thinking, wanting her to tell me things are better. All right, man, you seem like a bitch. <laughs> you do. Sorry to say that, but you fucking sound like a bitch. Um, she seems like a perfect, uh, perfectly capable like wife. She seems. You didn't say she cheated. You didn't say that she's like a. Treating you bad. You're not saying any kind of physical altercations are happening here. You don't say like the cops are involved or we haven't gotten to a domestic altercation or like there's a lot of stuff you're not saying here and that says a lot. You not saying a bunch of shit says a lot that you guys are fine. You just being a bitch. Just kidding. So yeah, man, I say re fucking relax. Relax. Things are fine. You're overthinking things. 25 years you guys been married. Like, fucking get your shit together. You guys are best friends probably at this rate. Um, you, you, you don't even say kids here, actually. Wow. Yeah, I, I don't recall saying hearing kids. So, you guys will be fine. Um... I perceive this marriage as like, let's just say, Hollywood normal, like things are just normal, you just fucking being a Kardashian, so, relax my man, next, from Jess K, I've made a friend, Bob, in my workplace who is italicized, too much of a gentleman, unitalicized, for my comfort level, initially, this girl's a good writer, We became fast friends due to our shared interests and political beliefs. We often message outside of work and get lunch together every few weeks. Ah, someone's crushing. No? No. 
too much of a gentleman. Okay. She doesn't like a gentleman. We often message outside of work, blah, blah, blah. We don't work in the same department, so these lunches are usually the only times we see each other. The problem is that Bob's acts of kindness are making me more uncomfortable as time goes on. Hmm. Okay. Every time we go to lunch, Bob always rushes over to my side of the car to open my door for me. Alright, I wish I knew how old this girl was. Bob always okay. I've told him he didn't have to do this, but he insists that it's the way his mother raised him. And I'd like to know the place you guys are at, actually. And does it anyway. He always pays for my meal, even when lunch is expensive. I've went as far as asking the waitress for two checks, but Bob will catch her a moment later and ask her to go ahead and put everything. Okay, so this guy digs you. He digs you a lot. I've explained that I don't want him to feel the need to pay for my meal, but he continues to do so anyway. While I'm totally fine with the actions themselves, the combination and insistence of these two habits make me uncomfortable because I do not want Bob to be doing this as a romantic gesture. Okay, I've made a friend, right? You started off with I've made a friend, so you friend zone Bob. Fine. Uh, well, I'm totally blah blah blah. I forgot where I was because I, I also don't want to alienate Bob because I rather enjoy his friendship. As is, though, I'm starting to find myself wanting to avoid Bob, of course, or so that I don't have to worry about his intentions italicized every time unitalicized I eat lunch with him. I'd like to get Bob to stop doing these things for me without making myself look presumptuous, unappreciative, or making Bob feel bad on the off chance he isn't trying to woo me with these niceties. Alright, stop it. Say, Bob, we're friends. Fucking stop. Uh, go to lunch every day. You guys go to lunch every day. No, every time. If you guys are going to lunch three times a week, bring it down to one time a week. Uh, you can't... You can't... Um, what? It, here's where you went wrong, Jess K. You've developed a pattern and a routine right so you you're gonna have to alter this pattern and routine and it may hurt him it may hurt him bad especially if this guy is very like a traditionalist here um but you gotta put your foot down if not it's just gonna get worse and worse it's gonna snowball um so you gotta put your foot down you gotta say listen bob we're friends and i think you're interpreting our friendship to be something that it's not and i think we should slow down that's one way or you can just keep him friend zoned and have free lunches forever and ever and never have to open a car door again and uh get a boyfriend on the side or get a, a dude on the side and you could have bob just uh you know save you 10 15 20 to whatever your lunch is every day which you know equates to 500 dollars a month i don't know what your financial status is but um fuck yeah get those free lunches girl or break it off uh or alter the pattern so uh, this is essentially going to be your choice but um you shouldn't have started the routine anyway because now you kind of let him on but the good news is that the ball's in your court and you have the power to do what you want here. So, your choice. You have one of three options. Um, 
me personally, I'm you. I'm I'm stopping the routine, right? Um, if it gets too weird, especially like you, you seem to be weirded out here, so I'd cut it off. Listen, Bob, it's getting too weird for me. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then um, I don't know, text me later or something. So that's what I would do. From user 22026, a bunch of numbers. Girlfriend and I are both in our early 20s in the US. We have been together for almost three years. <laughs> of course, like I'm gonna presume everybody's from the US because I don't see other cultures um, complaining about their problems on websites where people can grab their questions and get emailed these certain questions so I'm gonna go ahead and make uh, that presumption we have been together for almost three years and have been living together for a few months now okay together three years living together a few months moving slow right or is that fast I don't know I don't even know anymore while I've been with other girls before her I am her first for everything first kiss first boyfriend first everything this has been a sore point for her, and though I don't consider it a big deal, I know that it's something she dwells on. We've had many long conversations about it, in which I try to emphasize that I'm not with those people anymore. So she's jealous of your past? Is that what's happening here? I'm with her now because I love her now. However, while she may put it out of her mind for a time, I know it's something she always comes back to. Early in the relationship, maybe two years ago, we had a conversation about my past relationship where she wanted to know who I, who I had been with and what we'd done. Knowing already about her insecurities with my past relationships, I withheld some of what I did. I told her about all the girls, but I specifically told her I only kissed a girl when in fact I slept with her. This would be a big deal as outside of my girlfriend I'd only slept with two other girls. I know this was wrong and whatever pain I was trying to shield her from will only worsen when she finds out. It was honestly probably mostly selfish of me to withhold- No, you- not really, you're protecting her, right? Uh, on the one hand, you lied because- You didn't lie because you were selfish, you lied because you, you were trying to protect her, right? And it's natural for men to want to protect the women. That's- that system in us has been around since people have been around. Uh, so you did what you felt as though was a natural inclination. I don't want you to think it was selfish. Uh, maybe you should have told the truth, but I want you to realize that you didn't do it for selfish reasons. You did it because you, in your head, you were protecting her. You don't want to get into like a domestic uh, altercation here. Fine. She lives with you. You were feeling like you were protecting her. You guys moved in together because you felt like you were protecting her, right? All this stuff. But this has been something that has been eating me in all these years. Then come, uh, come clean with it. Just tell her like, hey, uh, I didn't tell you this stuff last time because I thought you'd be mad. But maybe we're in a place now where um, I feel as though I can tell you this information that I should have told you previously. I understand you'll be mad and that um, you're going to feel as though I lied to you, which I did, and I apologize for that. Um, but here's some new information I think you should know. 
she'll be mad, she'll be upset, she might not talk to you, she might slam a door, she might drink too much, she might do a lot of things, but uh, in the long run, the payoff for you telling the truth sooner than later uh, will be worth it. So, uh, we just had another conversation about my past the other day and I was forced to continue the act, the act of lying. I really love this girl and I don't want to continue hiding things from her, even if they happened years and years ago. Come clean, homie. How can I come clean about my past and tell her how much actually happened in a way that will minimize both her mistrust of me and her self-consciousness? Note, I'm completely open to a frame challenge that argues against telling her at all. But as I'm pretty set on telling her, it would have to be a very strong argument. You fucking slippery nematode. Uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll play. Don't tell her. Keep it a secret. Take it to your grave if you don't ever want to get into that argument. You don't want to get into that argument. You feel as though you will absolutely crush, destroy her. She will cry for days. And you don't want to deal with that. Take that to the grave. Right? That's the selfish part of you. You want to utilize the word selfish here? Take that thing to the motherfucking grave. You guys are what, early 20s? Early 20s. You guys have so much to look forward to. Early 20s is nothing. It's like absolute zero. You're just making decisions with your genitalia in your early 20s. So, um, do what you want to do. I would come clean. I would be truthful. Um, but your call, uh, you want to take it to the grave. Nobody cares. My phone just started going crazy. Um, anyway, let me continue from Nelson Musonda. My client wants a real estate website that links to other major sites like Trulia. He wants a way of collecting information from his visitors and a way of telling that they went through his site to get the major real estate site. So you can just look at your traffic. You can go on to the analytics of your website and look where people are coming from. You can look what website they hit. Did they go to my blog? Did they go to my podcast? Did they check out the homepage? Did they look at the pictures? Um, have them just jump through the analytics. As far as linking to other major sites, one of two ways you can do this, you can have things pop open as a new window. My real estate uh, website I have it linked to High Central so uh, instead of changing the tab I've coded it where if you click on that it opens in a new tab so that my website stays open on the other tab you can do that you can embed a website I've embedded an entire website into my website as it gets I had to pay somebody to do that that was way beyond my um, IT comprehension so I don't know it was like 400 bucks or something I got a guy this is what I want. Go ahead and do it. He did it. I didn't like it. I told him, like, I want this, 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 and this. We went back and forth, back and forth. He ended up doing it, right? Because you're going to, there are people who will do the things you want them to do for money, right? There are jobs. Uh, people will do jobs and they'll do shit for money for you. And part of the contract, uh, whether it's written or verbal, you do the thing I want you to do and I will pay you the money if you do it my way, right? Uh, it's a service. They're providing you a good and a service. So, yeah, but I ended up doing my website myself. Uh, I wanted control. Uh, I wanted to own my own content, you know, all this stuff. So that's why the, my podcasts aren't like on SoundCloud or 
whatever. Um, I don't ever want to be in a position where like an advertiser can be on this thing that I don't approve of, that I that I'm not aware of. So, and I feel like I have to do that because the the whole business education. Um, yeah, I went off on a tangent there. So, a couple ways to do that, Nelson. Um, crazy or in love? Ooh, I like this user nickname. I'm 25 and I have a huge crush on my 45-year-old boss. Uh, yeah, no young girl has ever had a crush on a mid-40-year-old boss. That's never happened in America, ever. He is married and has four children. The last one is barely six months old. Man, this guy's just pumping them out. Just fucking pumping the kids out in your 40s. And fuck, dude, knuckles, homie. Uh, I feel so bad about the feelings I'm developing towards him. But I just can't help it. He is the client manager and I'm his assistant. And he always gets pretty close to me. He stands behind me, almost touching my body with his and kind of always makes jokes trying to get me all worked up and shy. The other day I asked him something about a hardware named G and he was like, do you want me to touch your G spot? Whoa, <laughs> this is getting crazy. While bending over me to go on my laptop, he always calls me baby and whenever someone on the company asks me to do something, he gets all possessive and says that I'm his. He kind of makes me all shivering just by his piercing look. He's very demanding and bossy and I love this side of him. Uh, I just don't know how to explain it but he just has this charisma that gets me so attracted to him. It's kind of confusing because I love writing so I tend to imagine things but I just don't know where to stand. I'm so confused with my feelings and the way he acts towards me. I feel that finally someone looks at me but in the same way I feel so bad because he's married and I'm just so lost and I have nobody to turn to. God damn girl. Uh, I don't know. You're 25. Um, he seems to be possessive of you already. You got, um, you don't say that you guys have done anything, but he's talking in a way where you guys have done something, so. I'm not sure if it's safe to assume you guys have kissed or have gone even further. Because for him to make that joke, uh, he has to be pretty comfortable. Unless he's just fucking crazy psycho person. Um, so yeah. Um... A part of me is like quit and move on, especially if you feel uncomfortable, but you're not giving me an uncomfortable vibe in your writing. You're giving me like a curious vibe, like you wanna you wanna uh you wanna play with the dragon here, so that's kinda what I'm getting from you. Um just know that there's consequences, right? You could totally um have like a fling with this guy and be his thing on the side and that could feel like heaven and it might feel like it's a win-win relationship right he's getting his little side thing and you are getting like the man of your dreams it seems and and it might seem like heaven for the both of you but and we've seen this story so many times 
and this thing just comes crashing down. He has four goddamn kids. He's got a wife. I don't know. And you didn't say anything about the wife. Yeah, married and has four children. And you're 25. You have your whole life ahead of you. Um, so on the one hand, you could give in to your carnal desires here and things might be fine. Um, but the probability of it being fine is unlikely and this thing will come crashing down in flames. So my advice would be to you seem like a smart chick um this guy seems relatively successful he hired you you seem to be doing fine he has a crush on you he's successful people who are successful usually crush on others they perceive as successful as well so um i would recommend getting the fuck out of there because it i don't know how old this question is um this thing can turn into a, f uh, a nice little flame that feels nice and warm and oh, it's gonna keep me warm. But the fire can rage out of control and then you'll look back and you say, I don't know how the fuck any of this happened. So, it didn't, yeah, I w me personally, I'd get the fuck out and uh, find another job. You seem like you can get another job anywhere. Um, or stay and keep it professional, but at this stage of your relationship, that doesn't seem as though it's going to happen. Okay? Um, from Aaron Hope 17 so I moved to New Zealand and, and bagged myself a bar job in a small little local bar. You got it. You, you moved to New Zealand and got a job at a bar in... Are you guys hiring? <laughs> Fuck, that sounds awesome. Just fucking work at a bar all day in New Zealand. I like the locals and the responsibility I've been given. T digs the job already. Only problem is my boss is disappointed in me. Not my ability to do the job, but me. Oh, you don't suck at your job. You just suck, period. <laughs> Nothing against your job performance, just everything against you. I just don't like you as a person, but your job is good, just you fucking suck. Um, it does not meet his expectations. My personality does not meet his expectations. What the fuck? What does that mean? I told him right from the beginning when he decided to hire me, which he did based on the fact that I am a girl and I already knew some of the locals. Uh, that I am not the bouncy, bubbly, loud, always upbeat kind of bar staff that I got the feeling he was looking for. That's what you said in your interview? Uh, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm not the bouncy, bubbly, loud, always upbeat kind of bar staff. <laughs> oh, okay, then fuck off, because that's what I'm looking for. It's the goddamn bar, you crazy lady. It's a bar in New Zealand. That's what we want. Um, anyway... Uh, but I will get the job done and always be kind and friendly to customers. He hired me anyway. There was only two other staff members aside from him at the time. A manager and a bouncy, bubbly, loud, always upbeat girl. Of course. who That girl will get more tips. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You got a job in New Zealand. You're working for money. You're working for money. Right? Money is your goal here. You're working for money. You're getting the tips. Because I don't, and you probably get paid shit. So, unfortunately, in the service industry where tips are predominantly a way 
income comes into the establishment, you you have to be charismatic to some degree. There's just no way around that. Um, okay, anyway, they both left, and I picked up a lot of hours since then and the time it took him to hire a new manager. I thought I was doing well, improving myself, but then it happened. But then it happened. Oh, see, she got into a fight. I'm clear. Let's see. I was working solo and he was drinking at the bar and I am 99% sure I heard him telling his friend he thought it was going to be great hiring me, but then I turned out to be miserable behind the bar and that he was so disappointed. After that, I just felt so unmotivated to do my job to the best of my ability. His expectations don't match reality. I know my limitations and made them clear to start, but I feel miserable. Uh, it is a little inaccurate and actually quite harsh since I always make a conscious effort to smile, greet customers like old friends, ask them about their day, etc, etc. What should I do and how should I feel? Because I feel disheartened and I know I can't be what he wants, but he should have never have hired me in the first place if he felt so strongly. I think a good boss sees weakness and does their best to support the staff member in question to help them grow, learn, and become better. Not berate them at the bar while they're working. It has the complete opposite effect. Part of me wants to leave because it's too intense feeling this way when I work closely with him. But the other part thinks I should stay because he's offered to sponsor me. Sponsor you to stay in New Zealand? I could personally gain from this job but I feel uncomfortable and frankly I don't think an open discussion about all this will help at all. When my boss doesn't like someone's personality, that's it. There's no reasoning with him, I simply don't fit in. But he can't fire me for that. He'll just... He'll just... What? Me waiting for me to leave on my own accord? Oh, he wants you to quit. He has already confessed to doing when previous staff members. What should you... What would you do in this situation? Uh... Man, you seem miserable. Like... This kind of misery... I would leave. Yeah... I probably would leave. Is this pretty far misery? Um, the money doesn't seem to be good. Uh, you don't talk about the money much here. Um, so it might be a moot point. New Zealand sounds awesome. It's the, uh, it's the uh, bungee rope capital of the world, right? Um, yeah, I would leave. Uh, why did why did why do you have to be in that bar? Why can't you? Um, low-key try to find another bar. I'm sure there's a fuck ton of bars in New Zealand. Uh, yeah. So, why is why is that bar specifically so important to you? Um, if you just need a bar in New Zealand. Um, but I don't know how visa works. I don't know if you have to stay at one place. Uh, I don't know anything about visa and immigration. So, speaking out of my lane, possibly... Um, yeah. Fuck that place if you don't like it. Uh, last question here. From Rosaro. So there's this girl. Always is. She's two years above me, but we work together in an extracurricular club. She has a leadership position and I'm in the group for the first time. I think I've liked her since day one about two months ago. Oh, you like a girl two months ago? We talk while we're working, but it's not m much more than that, <laughs> chat. Oh no, I see where this is going. Now in my short life, 
I've mostly been interested in guys. Oh, okay, never mind. I don't see where this is going. With only a couple non-serious exceptions. And for a long time, I had really strong feelings for this one guy that sort of covered up everything else. But now that that's over, I definitely feel something for this girl. And I really wish I could pursue it, if only for a little while. I've never been in a serious relationship before, though, and I've never talked about mine apparent bisexuality with my friends. I know I shouldn't expect much out of this opportunity, especially because she's going to graduate this year and I don't really have much faith in long distance. However, I can't help but think about her. I would like to see where it could go, but it just seems risky to try to be anything more than co-workers. Yeah, it does seem risky, especially if she's leaving. Um, I say be friends. Uh, what's wrong with being friends? Why, why does she have to be the girl of your dreams and you have to like everything has to be perfect? Um, yeah. So yeah. What I'm most worried about is the dynamic between us if she's not interested. I've only known her for a short while, so it might seem a little strange for me to ask to get to know her better. No, there's nothing really wrong with that. Though I don't think that's abnormal in most circumstances, but add to that that she's older than me yeah generally speaking girls are really like uh, dudes that are younger and that she's in a leadership position even more difficult plus i don't know if she's interested in girls it seems like tough odds i know that i'm not afraid of plain old rejection but i suppose what i'm afraid of is that she'll be weirded out by any advance i make and that it'll make working with her awkward i don't want to sacrifice the fact that we work well together Okay, I'm tracking now. Man, I really wasn't tracking on this fucking thing. So she's a girl, right? And she likes girls. Uh, she likes dudes too. Uh, and she likes her boss, essentially. Or maybe not her boss. Uh, a girl in a position. A girl at her job in a leadership position that she likes that is two years older. Okay, got it. Man, I was really fucked up earlier on this question. Odds are... She just wouldn't consider a relationship with a girl or with someone younger than her or with anyone given that she'll be leaving by the summer. I know these things, but I'm worried that I'll regret never giving it a try. I really do like her quite a bit. I suppose my main questions are, should I risk our smooth working relationship over this? Yes. If you like someone, you go after that person, uh, even if it's short term. Um, she's going to leave anyway, so who fucking cares? Or should I just move on with my life because it's not going to happen? No. You should roll the dice. Uh, I've been saying this a lot lately and one of the real estate agents I've been going back and forth with on the other end of the deal, um, I've been kind of a headache for her, an absolute pain in the ass for her, uh, requesting all kinds of shit. I've, especially at times where I things may fall apart, come crashing down, and I'm, I may not be in a, a strong position to negotiate, but I still fucking negotiate and and you you can never roll a seven if you never roll the dice so if you want that seven you gotta roll the dice um she's probably going to perceive you as harmless so even if you come on to her uh she might just be like oh you're so cute and just get away from me and you'll be fine so Roll the dice uh, and do scissors with her until she leaves. Uh, yeah. Okay, that's all the questions. And it's the first time I got through 
all the questions that was assigned for this podcast, usually I tap out, um, I don't know, seven questions in, especially when they're long like this. So um, there's like, I don't know, 70 listeners now um, that I can track. There's probably a little more that actually download the link. Um, it doesn't really matter. So I hope everything's going good for you all. Um, once again, it's 11 o'clock at night. Um, episode 11 will be, you know, the next week or so, depending on the craziness that is my life. I hope all is well, wherever you're at in the world. Um, thanks for listening. I have no idea what I'm doing with this or what kind of goals I have with this. Um, just, it's just kind of fun to do. Uh, more fun than my homework. I put more emphasis and uh, work towards this and learning about this than I do with my homework. That's what it feels like. So, good night, everyone, or good morning to the people in China and Poland and uh, Israel. Um, peace. Together